podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, all focus shifts to Liverpool versus Arsenal on Saturday at Anfield in what should be a very entertaining game. The Gunners come to Liverpool unbeaten in eight in the Premier League, unbeaten in ten in all competitions. It sounds more impressive than the run has actually been. There's been games against really poor teams, such as Burnley, Norwich and Watford. Teams that have been way out of form, such as Spurs, such as um, Aston Villa, both of whom would sack their managers not long after those games. There have been some impressive performances. Like They were very good in that first half against Spurs, the second half not so much. They were very good in the first half against Leicester, the second half, again, not so much. They were comprehensively outplayed by Brighton and Crystal Palace and should have lost both games, but did show good good fight to come back and get the draw against um, against Palace and, and held out for the draw against Brighton. They've also beaten up some teams in the Cup and, and whatever. But this is not a formidable Arsenal team, but a team that you could see becoming formidable. The bones of something are being developed at Arsenal. Ramsdale has started life at Arsenal in good form. Now, we've seen over his career to date that he can be error-prone, but he has made a substantial jump so far at Arsenal. Remains to be seen if that continues. Tommy Asu is the best right-back they've had at that club since Loren. He is very, very good. Defensively, he's outstanding, and he's good in the ball. We know they've got an excellent left-back in Kieran Tierney. Gabriel is, I would suggest, the best central defender they've had since Saul Campbell. He is outstanding as a defender, and he's good on the ball as well. Ben White is more of a ball player than a defender, but he has been impressive thus far. Poor against Brentford, poor in the early the early weeks, but he's grown into the season. And with Tommy Asu and Gabriel next to him, they're covering up for some of his defensive deficiencies and masking the fact that he's not great in the air. But that defence is all 25 and below, including the goalkeeper. So that is something very promising for them to build with. You've got Lukonga has come into midfield since Xhaka got hurt. He's 22. There's a lot to like about his game. He's still quite raw, but he's a promising player and he's looking like a good signing for them. Thomas Partey is their best midfielder. Now, he doesn't fit with the age timeline of where you expect this team to go at 28. But for now, he is very, very important for them. Whether or not he's there when they become a good team remains to be seen. The same thing in attack. You've got Lacazette and you've got Aubameyang. They don't fit with the timeline, but they are important players for now. Lacazette has been really good since being brought back into the team, playing almost as a 10 rather than as, as his traditional number nine position with Aubameyang in the nine role. And the link-up play, the combinations between the two have been impressive. The flexibility that they have where they can play as a two or Aubameyang can play behind Lacazette in, in possession and in patterns all works very well for them. The two stars of the team are the wide players, Bakayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. These are, I believe, two of the best young players, not just in England, but in Europe. 
Both are absolutely outstanding. Very, very different players. But players whose skill sets mesh really well together. And they've been so important to the turnaround at Arsenal. Smith Rowe from the left, Saka from the right. They have the ability to switch wings. Both of them are capable of playing in the front three or in a midfield three. Which means that Arsenal have a very fluid shape that can be the 4-2-3-1 they start off in. A 4-4-2 with Lacazette joining Aubameyang. It can become a box midfield with Saka and Smith-Rowe moving narrow. It can be 4-3-3 with either of those wide players joining Tomas and Lekonga in midfield and the other going into the front line. The football they're playing at times has been very good. Now, they've struggled to break teams down. They struggled to break down Watford, who aren't good defensively. They struggled to break down Norwich, who aren't good defensively. They struggled to break down Burnley and needed an absolute worldie to win that game. They've been heavily reliant on the goalkeeper times as well. The one thing they haven't grasped yet is consistent creativity. Odegaard would help, but he's out of the team at the minute. And the ability to manage a game. And again, Odegaard could help in this regard, but you'd probably want more of a central midf- a natural central midfielder for this role. When Arsenal get a lead, they don't always look like they're comfortable with that lead. They don't look confident in their own ability to hold on to that lead. Against Spurs, they went 3-0 up, looked rampant. But then Kane missed a sitter. Arsenal had, Spurs had a blatant penalty turned away. Ramsdale was forced to make a ridiculous save. And Kane's, uh, sorry, and they scored. Um, so that could easily have slipped away. Same thing with Leicester. Ramsdale had to make five or six really, really high-level saves, including four 1v1s in that game. So those are things that are concerning for them, promising for us. Those are areas where you would expect we will have some joy and we have a higher calibre of player than any of the teams they've played on this run. Like I say, they played three teams who are in relegation dogfights in Norwich, Burnley and Watford. Teams that we don't necessarily think will finish very high up the table. They beat Tottenham, they beat Leicester. Neither of them are are strong. Or no, Tottenham and Villa. Neither of them were strong or in good situations. Spurs were going through a very bad spell that's now, hopefully for them, been resolved by the appointment of Conte. And Villa were in the midst of five defeats in a row that's led to Steven Gerrard taking over there. They did beat Leicester, but again, Leicester, not a team in the top half. Leicester are currently 12th. The only two teams they've played that currently sit in the top... Oh, sorry, they've played three that sit in the top half. Brighton, Spurs and Palace, who weren't top half at that time. Spurs are the only team they've beaten who are currently in the top half. And they got outplayed by Brighton and Palace. So, while it's impressive to go eight games unbeaten, to win six of eight, when you dig into it, the performances haven't always been outstanding, and it's not like they've been playing top-level competition. It's going to get a little bit more difficult for them now in the coming weeks with ourselves, 
They've got Newcastle under a new manager next weekend. Then they go to Manchester United. Then they get Everton, who'll hopefully have most of their team back by then. Then Southampton, who are in good form. And then West Ham, who've obviously been tremendous. And they go to Leeds. So Arsenal's next seven games will be much tougher than their last eight. And we will know more about them at the end of that time. But it will start this weekend, where Liverpool come into this game with a, a number of injury concerns. Now, Klopp has relieved the fears about Fabinho. Fabinho missed training on Thursday, but that was purely down to the fact that he hadn't gotten back very sorry, he got back very late from Brazil. So he did some kind of gym work and a little bit of recovery work, and he looks like he'll be good to go for uh, for Saturday's game. Sadio Mane also looks like he'll be okay to play. Uh, he's got a bruised rib, but Klopp says he should be fine to play. Jordan Henderson and Andy Robertson are not training with the group at the moment. They're training by themselves, and the hope would be that they may be involved. They may be able to train fully with the group. They've done little bits with the group so far, but a full training session with the group, hopefully today, Friday. And then Klopp says it will be a late decision on both. My guess is neither of them start and they're both kept for Porto. Uh, James Milner is out. Naby Keita is out. But Klopp says they're getting closer and closer. Bobby Firmino is out. Again, Klopp says he's getting closer, but didn't give it a time frame. Joe Gomez is out. Curtis Jones is out with his eye injury. And then Harvey Elliott, obviously, a long-term absentee at the moment. Uh, Klopp says Robertson is closer than Jordan Henderson at the moment. So I, I think everybody would be happy with Costa starting and um, and maybe Ox starts in midfield along with Fabinho and Thiago. Henderson off the bench along with um, Tyler Morton maybe to give us a bit of depth there in midfield. I think we'd all be fairly happy with that. I don't see anyone complaining if that's the situation. Um, to move around the main Liverpool sites then, on This Is Anfield, there's obviously some pieces ahead of this game. There's a piece about Nico Williams and what his career at Liverpool might hold, which, you know, it is an interesting, it's an interesting conversation to have because his best football has come for Wales playing on the left almost like an Aldi Joe Canseo. And maybe that's his future, is to be an inverted fullback, but that won't be the case at Liverpool. He, he's going to either be the backup right back, or he's going to have to move on. There is a profile on Melkamu Fraundorf, the young German who is in our academy and is now training with the first team. Very, very highly rated. It was seen as quite the coup when we managed to steal him in the summer, um, two summers ago. two sum- I think it was two summers ago. Uh, he'd come from Hoffenheim, where he was seen as a player who was going to get into their first team in short order. So we'll wait and see what the future holds for him at Liverpool, but he's another one that's very, very highly regarded and seen as, you know, along with the likes of Kate Gordon and Bobby Clark, someone that they have big hopes for making the step up to the first team. On Liverpool.com, there is a piece about how Paris Saint-Germain would prefer to sell Kylian Mbappé to Liverpool, Mbappé, Mbappé to, to Liverpool, rather than see him go to Real Madrid. Um, 
again, I think you take it with the usual pinch of salt because, well, in all likelihood, he's going to leave on a free in next summer. So it doesn't seem likely that Liverpool will be getting Kylian Mbappe. He is going to almost certainly go to Real Madrid on a free transfer. Um, also, as part of the Media Digest, there is a piece that suggests that Liverpool could offer a part exchange deal to get Adama Traore. I doubt Traore is someone that Klopp would have much interest in. The physical tools are there, but the production just isn't. Uh, Liverpool might refresh their midfield with the capture of Frankie de Jong, according to reports in Spain. Would very much be in favour of that, personally. He is an outstanding player. The Premier League has agreed a 1.9 billion deal with NBC in America to, for them to show live games. So Liverpool will get another big check for plenty of money. Uh, there's the Mbappe stuff. And there is interest, allegedly, in Danny Olmo of RB Leipzig. Now, personally, I would say he is the third of the Leipzig attackers that we would want. I think Nkunku would be one. Dominic would be two, and then I think we might like him. But again, this comes from El, Na- El Nacional, who are beyond unreliable. Just spoofers in the most blatant of blatant ways. Uh, there's also a piece about Karim Adiemi and how Liverpool would need to accelerate their plans for him if they want to get him in January, because there's a lot of clubs starting to sniff around. On AnfieldIndex.com, we have two new articles. There is a piece by David Comerford regarding Andy Robertson and his form in the 21-22 season, which is well worth giving a read. And then there is a piece entitled A Central Midfield, and that is by Stephen Smith. So well worth looking at, looking into that one. It's the, the Reds midfield going forward, basically, what it should look like, what the options are, and where we may need to make some improvements. Podcast-wise, there is lots of new stuff. There is the new Rival Recon. There is a new old school um, where I, I lost the run of myself. And uh, it's myself and Gags, obviously. We had a chat about Man City uh, doing some dodgy dealings. We had a chat about Liverpool's injury issues and the lack of balance in the midfield. Um, and also a little bit about Andy Robertson and his, his, his lack of form. There is a Legends Lowdown with Trev Downey and Jason McAteer which is very, very funny. Jason McAteer is always worth a listen. Uh, I would highly recommend getting on that one. And today, the new Scouted is out. Uh, Myself and Carl went through the international window. We had a look at Europe, North America, and South America because neither of us have really paid enough attention to the Asian or African qualification. Um, The African qualification now is at the the final stage where there's 10 teams left. So from there, we'll... We'll have a look at those two-legged ties when the draw is made um, and when you know the Asian thing still has a, a bit of time to go. But we go through all of those and we came up with a, we had a question from, from Mark Roberts and we had a question from somebody else who I can't remember. Apologies, but uh, we answer those questions as well. So those are fun. That's a good show. Uh, check that one out. And that is me for today, folks. I will see you all on Monday. Enjoy your weekend. With a bit of luck, we'll all have a nice, comfortable win over Arsenal to celebrate. We can send Mikel Arteta and his perfectly groomed hair 
back down south, wondering where it all went wrong and doing what it is that Arteta does, which is throwing the baby out with the bathwater and starting from scratch, ignoring all the progress this team have made over the last eight to ten games. Uh, See you later. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.